forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell on the Pod. Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends told by two people who are afraid of everything and are comedians. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so if you're looking for like serious, that's not here. But if you're looking for people who are gigglers and shiverers. And a little squeamish. And a little squeamers. (laughs) <laughs> who like ghosts, this is what that is. That's us, baby. If you like begged your parents to go to the Haunted Mansion at Disney and then cried the whole time, that this is the <laughs> podcast for you. <laughs> I have reached the point in my life, which maybe I've mentioned before, that when I've been on the Haunted Mansion, I know I'm getting older because I'm like, I can't see anything. It's too dark. <laughs> I know. I went through the Haunted Mansion this last time uh, as an adult, and uh, I went through it with the, for the first time with the knowledge of how they do the ghost technology. Yes. yes. And it, it bummed me out. I also am just going to give a little preamble to this episode that seconds before we started, I said to Anna, like before I start, I have to burp. And then the burp stopped right at like where my neck meets my chest. Uh-huh. And it's just going to be there. And God only knows when it will emerge or if it will just make me sound like Kermit the Frog. For that is, that's Chekhov's burp right there. <laughs> I act three. Have to at fire some that point. What if it makes its way down? Ugh, I'll be killed. That would be bad. Um, well, uh, with that in mind, um, yeah, tension. Today, today's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. Which means it is Urban Legisode Day, and it is my turn. Uh, and I'm going to take the lead from a really fantastic listener email. Um, thank you guys for sending in everything. We will get to everyone. And then once we're done, Andrew and I will both walk stoically into the ocean. <laughs> so please keep sending them in. Thank you. If you've already sent it in, we will get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we love and appreciate your patience. It's actually kind of hot. Like it's sort of like strong, silent type. I know. It's like, who's that? It's like, who is that? Um, strong widower vibes from our <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, but. This email is from a listener named Pujita, and uh, it's just great. I'm just going to read it. Um, But anyway, oh, sorry. The theme for this week is witches' houses. Yes, Anna. This is just what I wanted today. It's inspired by Pujita. And you know what? We, I I don't know about your house, but mine is turning very much into a witch's house. There's (laughs) sort of like um, little pantyhose and underwear hanging from places looking like tattered um curtains and i've been cooking weird shit yeah i've got Attempting a lot of to dry herbs yes but, but not knowing how to do it so it's just rotting herbs hanging in your home yeah there's there's definitely some well uh, jason's roommates are legitimate cookers which <gasps> i think is what you call someone who's good at cooking <laughs> uh and they there's a there's currently a mason jar full of dried herbs in our kitchen that look oh, beautiful wow. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been, you know, toiling some trouble and, uh, last night Jason and I tried to make chocolate chip cookies, but we didn't have chocolate chips. So we put in crushed, um, almonds and Oreos <laughs> and oops, it was perfect. 
Improvising so. complimentary flavors in a cookie is classic witch behavior. Uh, which is, you know what? They're improvisers, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and hex. Yes. Actually, hex you know and. what? I'm wrong. They do a hex and. They love to follow a recipe, which I've been doing on and off. Um, <laughs> and we tried to watch The Witch last night, and I had to turn it off because it was bumming me out. Have yeah. you seen it? I have. That was this. That was the same feeling I had, where I was like, "This is good." It's not. It, it is making me feel bad, mostly because of the. How far did you get? Don't. Okay. Um. But I will say, <laughs> I think we're like halfway through. I really. I just like the whole um showing us what pilgrim adjacent people actually went through. Um. Mm-hmm. And I like the spooky. I like the flavor of spookiness of it. But I will also say that there's a dog in the movie, and whenever there's a dog in a horror movie, I'm always like, something's going to happen. This is going to be used as like the natural, you know, third bad thing to happen, escalation on the way to people getting killed. Great. Yeah. Um, and I was like, there should be a website called, like, does anything bad happen to the dog? And there is a website called doesthedogdie.com. Oh, my God. And it's God. got all different categories. So if you're an animal lover or a sensitive person, they've got all different categories of things that could upset you. Like dozens and it's user it's like a coupon site where it's like did this work for you 85 percent said yes um oh my gosh and like people will vote on whether or not it counts as like um was there dog fighting was there teeth pulling oh humanity is a wonder that that exists i love that i was too i'm too tender for the witch i think we're going to try to finish it but I, i do need to do it in chunks um, I, this I is think the is most how, mild. Oh, sorry. That's how Robert Eggers in, intended for it to be viewed is just a little <laughs> bit at a time while staring at your phone. <laughs> my, uh, my version of that, Anna is, this is a very mild spoiler. It's not, it doesn't really factor into anything important. Okay. I don't okay. like when, um, nipples get injured on film. Uh, it, uh. I, it does something to me. I, that's very upsetting. And I would like a website called, does something happen to the nipple? <laughs> Which probably would take on a decidedly different tone. (laughs) Does something happen to the nipple? Does Does it? Does something happen to the nipple or nothing? I think always something, you know. The nipple ends up where it started, but different. Right. I mean, just natural friction against clothing, you know. Yeah. Um, I guarantee if you scroll down far enough on that page, you will find a category for that. Um, (laughs) Which brings us naturally back to Bridget's email. Um, So I'm just going to read it. Please. Hi. 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 I love the user-submitted stories you guys read and discuss, but I've noticed that most of them are from the USA. Mm-hmm. Accurate. And yes. I wanted to offer something different. I grew up in India in a historically significant city that has medieval architecture next to malls. Oh, my <gasps> God. Whoa. That's such a combo. Um, what a flex. I love that flex. Um, there are a lot of random ghost stories attached to it. The one I remember most was told to me by a friend in middle school, which is our favorite kind of scary stories, guys, for the record. <laughs> no, classically friend, the most reliable. Like not a current friend, not a childhood friend, like someone you were friends with when you were 12 for a little <laughs> bit is the best. <laughs> um, told me by a friend in middle school about three women who lived in a bungalow somewhere in the city. Also, just side note, sorry, a lot of the side note nation today, but I yep. love bungalows in cities. L.A. has a I lot know. of them. Yeah. To me, like East Coast bungalows are like in weird vacation resort areas around lakes that are like not swimmable. Yes. Did you see the film Greta, Anna? I did not. Oh, no, because something bad happens to the dog in that. 
It that's true, but there is it, it takes place in New York City, and there is a bungalow in it, and that's where it lost me. I was like, Ugh. this adorable little house would not exist in New York City. Uh, maybe like way uptown. Yeah, maybe some Hamilton ass neighborhood. <laughs> some Hamilton ass neighborhood. <laughs> I actually subletted for a little bit in Hamilton ass, and it was nice. <laughs> Uh, the roommates are weird. They were like super vegan. But anyway, um, great. Uh, bungalow somewhere in the city. My friend said that the women were hated and feared by all their neighbors who thought they were witches due to their general meanness and cruelty. I think animal abuse might have been involved, too. Wow. Uh, wow. What is it with witches? I don't know. Well, because it's funny because I think of witches, there's sort of two decided uh, routes you can take as a witch. One is kind of as an animal lover, someone who surrounds yourself with animals. Yeah. And then there's maybe someone who uses animals as experiments or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I guess because um, witches are cat people, largely. Mm-hmm. Going by the documentary film uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was a TV show. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 Cats are, you know what I think it is, is that they're like very much tied to the natural world and like nature is very cruel. Yeah. So like death happens. Anna, that's really, that's really well put. Guys, take my Zoom class. I'm really <laughs> smart. Um, animal abuse might have been involved too. One day, a neighbor complained to security about a bad smell coming from the witch's bungalow. Uh-oh. When someone came to investigate what was going on, they found the dead bodies of the three women <gasps> in the house where they had apparently been rotting for weeks. <gasps> the thing is, multiple neighbors claimed to have seen the women walking around their yard in the <gasps> days before they were found. Oh, God. Ah, it's like, stay down. That is. Like, you're dead. You did it. All three at once died and rotted? Ugh. How dare. <laughs> How dare I brushed the story off when I first heard it. For some reason, everyone I went to school with was steeped in ghost culture. Amazing. Uh, And I heard a lot of spooky tales from people claiming they were retelling real events. However, last year I searched online for ghost stories from my city and I found multiple articles and discussions about the Kundambag witches. There is an actual house where these women supposedly died that I could visit. Oh, I'm not saying that I believe the tale one way or another, but I was pretty thrown off to discover that this random middle school ghost story turned out to be an established urban legend. Anyway, that's my story. Thanks for the podcast, Pujita. Yay! Amazing. Okay, I and now love this. I'm going to send you, so I looked up the Kundamba Witch's House. Um, mm-hmm. uh, massive apologies for all pronunciation. I am <laughs> a full-cast ass who's trying my best. But um, <laughs> Andrew, I'm going to send you uh, via... Google chat. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. The picture. So anyway, I looked into it and I found a listicle of like haunted Hyderabad, which is the city where this is from. Uh, Um, and there's a lot of really good ghost stories. And then the picture for the Kundamba, Witches lair, it looks way too much like a haunted house. So I just assumed that it was from a stock (gasps) photo website. Uh, Do you see it? Yeah. That's gotta be a stock. So I had to look it up and this is exactly what this house looks like. No. Andrew, do you want to describe the picture because you're better at architecture than I am? I can't. Okay. This looks as though it is out of like an opening static shot from the opening credits of American Horror Story. It is a two-story house, uh, like window slash doors on the first floor, all of which the glass has been shattered or is gone. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That is a fake picture. (laughs) (laughs) uh, No. I 
cannot. I cannot tell me. Tell you how <laughs> how gagged I would have been if this was the house. It, no, I'm stupid. This uh, is the most art directed thing I've ever seen. No, you're not stupid. Andrew. I just love the idea that this that that could exist in a modern day metropolitan Indian city. I need I just for you love. to. F- Find a gun and kill me. No, no. Oh my I, god. No. No, okay. I'm gonna send you, you the actual picture, which is very spooky. Okay. Um okay, here's a bad yeah, picture. Yeah, for the I'll record, what go. Anna sent me was a uh, uh, a cartoon <laughs> Scooby Doo house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the paintings have eyes that move around. <laughs> yeah, weirdly when I opened the image, the music went down, 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 down. <laughs> That's Scooby Doo music. I'm just saying. Oh my god! Oh, this is also very. This is it's a very, very scary spooky. House. I'll also say it was a picture taken at night, and like the street light makes it look blood red. Yeah, this is, looks like hell. This, is, it also is big for a bungalow. I have to say. Um, yeah, it's kind of um a bungalow on top of a bungalow. Yeah, um, but it's like it's got a wrought iron fence, which we can all agree is very spooky. It puts it like yeah. in the the late eighties sort of looking yes. and it's like a modern sort of square all the windows are open so we can assume there's not great ac if there is any um just like a big cement building it kind of reminds me of the house from poltergeist yeah with like a wrought iron fencing around it yeah it's very uh it just feels very 80s um uh, it's funny how there are certain architecture styles that that other people find creepier or that I find creepier, and the kind yeah. of classic ones are Edwardian and Gilded Age or Victorian houses. But weirdly, and I think I might know why this is, I'm creeped out by like uh, Mediterranean style Ooh. houses. Oh, you don't like a little bit of fish and some tomato and some wine? I don't know. I. I think maybe a part of it is I used to watch um, old, you know, like Vincent Price horror movies. And and he did a lot of movies that I feel like might have been shot in Italy or Spain. Um, like he did uh, The Mask of the Red Death, which like yes. everything was sort of Mediterranean-y. And I, I don't know. It just creeped me out. So like, uh, like the tall Italian cypress trees, do those freak you out? Um, not the, not the, not the topography. No. Okay. Uh, it's more about like, um, stained, like stained glass. That's not in a church, like kind of like sure. beige stained glass, yeah. um, stucco-y stucco looking things. Yeah. That's hard. My house that has cre- stucco on the side from growing up. Oh, interesting. Well, the house had stucco on it when I was growing up. It wasn't my growth that made it be stucco. <laughs> um, Oh, and then I, okay, so I looked up a little bit more about the story and yes. found that article. And other accounts say that the way that the women were discovered was a thief entered the house to rob it. Oh. And then he found them all rotting on the bed. Oh. And that he told, he went to the police and was like, hi, sorry. I, oh. I was being me literally robbing a house. Ugh, I know. <laughs> um, but these people are dead. And then they went in. And they they determined that the women were there for at least six months, but be, but despite that, neighbors said that they saw them walking around daily. Oh! And then I found in a Facebook group called Ghost Freaks, yes, which we obsessed with. Yep. Um, they said that the women was they were the women was one mother and two daughters. <laughs> um, 
who had weird rituals they would perform every night. Um, the three of them would light in the middle of the night, light candles and walk around the house. Wow. Which is weird. Yeah. That's it's sort of it feels like none of them really knew how to be witches. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, it's it's very witch adjacent. Um, it's like if you say that you're a marine biologist enough, eventually yeah. <laughs> people believe it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many girls I knew from high school who dyed their own hair black uh, were <laughs> marine biologists for four months. Um, but anyway, uh, they would also have bottles filled with what looked like blood that they would hang in the veranda. Wow. Which honestly, I don't hate that as a design choice. Like yeah, filled for bottles. certain times of year. Yeah. I think like for like a deep summer mm-hmm. might be nice. Yeah. Um, the mother would often scare people off with her antics. Once one of the three t- tried to attack people with an ax, <gasps> which I have to say, I love categorizing attacking people with an ax as an antic. <laughs> yes. <pretty> yeah. <laughs> They're just being goofy. Um, <laughs> but apparently they all, uh, Okay, so apparently people say that they can see them walking around the house. Many weird activities such as lighting of the candles on its own, footsteps around the possessed house, ear-shattering screams, and ghost sightings are normal around this area. It is said that their dead bodies remained in the house for weeks, yep, and that made the spirits not to attain the eternity. It is believed Mm. that the evil trio spirits are dangerous and attacks children and ladies on several occasions. Wow, men off the hook, huh? I know. It's, you know what? We're the hardest on ourselves. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that they, okay, so that they um, stored and carried the garbage in the car and lived in the dark without electricity. So that's why they had it. Oh. Um, I'm trying so hard to find an exact date. I think it was like 1980. Um, I'm so sorry. This is from 2002, which is legally the same as 1980. That's nuts. 2002? Very that's- recent. That's like the year after Zoolander came out. <laughs> Another famous witch story. Yeah, famous witch story and, and an important historical marker. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that is the witches of uh, Kundaba. Wow. But there's also, um, there were some other, oh, there was one other scary story from uh, Hyderabad. Uh, just one other haunted place I want to do as a quick side note in Hyderabad. Um, this is from TravelTriangle.com, an article by Ashi Agarwal and Rita Thakur. Um, so uh, one of the places is uh, Shamshabad Airport. Um, and oh, yeah. So there were just various disputes between different groups of people where a lot of people died and the victims of the violence were buried underneath the airport. So this is sort of like burial ground um sort of backstory death um so one of the spooky occurrences is employees at the airport were called into the inquiry room where they got stared at and laughed at by a man whose head rotated 360 degrees (laughs) i mean raise your hand if same i mean literally every time i get on a plane this i'm this man I don't like being laughed at by someone whose head is turning around. I, I uh, the concept of being laughed at by a ghost or a specter is very funny. I, I forgive me. I don't know why this is a story. I feel like I should share <laughs> please, now. Please. But once I was uh, probably in college um, with uh, the, uh, of course, my friends, the Warren Brothers, and yes. we went to go to the movies. 
And we went on like a Wednesday night. There was no one in the movie theater. Um, and we went into the bathroom and a, a very old man went in before us. We were the only people in the bathroom and he was in the stall and the other three of us were – or the other <clears throat> four of us were at the urinal. And then like there was sort of a quiet space and then the man, his body made a noise like a pod <laughs> racer. <laughs> Describe. Um, make it. Um <laughs> like it was <laughs> it really was like the velocity of what was whatever was coming out of him there was kind of like an old timey cartoon car like <laughs> like that was sort of happening um and truly I, I, it was before the time where our brains had developed to the point where it's like you can experience something funny and you can you can withstand the laughter until after you get out. Like you can hold it in. And we just couldn't. And all of us just like burst out laughing and we felt so bad. (laughs) And the thing that made us laugh even more is as we were leaving the movie theater, we were like, what will that man say? Like when he gets home and his wife asks, how was the movies? And we thought he would say, well, I farted real weird and a bunch of strangers laughed at me. (laughs) Follow up question, honey. Why can't I come with you to the movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then the reveal: she is a ghost, and she is in her bucket of ashes, like the genie from I Dream of Genie. Exactly. Um, uh, sorry to share that. A side note to the side note: um, I found an uh, a news story. I was try- desperately looking for the pronunciation of Kundenbog because I'm yes. just sort of saying it like it's uh, some kind of Celtic um, airline. <laughs> but I did find. An, uh, a news report, which I think it's pretty common for other countries to just straight up use uh, movie themes as music for news reports. Oh, but uh, one of them used the Pirates of the Caribbean theme uh, <gasps> in a news story, <laughs> like as like an interstitial. That, um, oh, which is really good. Other countries can, get it. The other countries do get it. I would feel much better watching like these depressing Trump press conferences if in between it was um. Gore Verbinski's masterwork and yeah I I know the name of the composer and there's no other way to say this I was a virgin for a very long time <laughs> you're can I share that your old AIM your old AIM oh no I wow. don't have to we this can cut is it deep. out no you know what it's good to be vulnerable go okay ahead. Uh, I will I will share yours and then I will share mine because it might be even okay. more mortifying this is just an example of how I was a nerd in a way that isn't able to be cool because it was so <laughs> dumb and like was half committed and like <laughs> didn't mean anything to anyone Anna's old AIM was daft like Jack 19 daft like Jack 19 uh, so she is daft like Captain Jack Sparrow. That was I, yeah, it was a line that I guess Zoe Saldana says in the movie. Someone says you're daft, and she says daft like Jack. And you know what? If you're gonna seize on something to make your personality, oh yeah, pick why Zoe not that? Saldana's line. I did that. Make that in the Teen Center yurt at Smuggler's Notch uh, <laughs> Resort. <laughs> wow, <laughs> on Anna. the Teen Internet Corner, which was really exciting when that became a thing. Oh, um, that. Is I, I will share mine. I might have even shared this before. It's horrible. Um, mine was – this was prior to the 2000 election. It was 1999. I don't remember yours. Okay. Uh, because I changed it because it was unusable after oh, the 2000 okay. election. Okay. Um, my, it was to honor a Universal Monsters legend actor 
Okay. Uh, and my favorite animal. Okay. And my uh, screen name was Chaney Wolf. And <laughs> and I mean, come to find the year two thousand, uh, to be a twelve year old boy, <laughs> and to have your screen name be Chaney anything, is uh, painful. So oh I really, really had God. to switch that one up. Was not Andrew. was not thriving socially at the time. By the way, Chaney Wolf was also a very successful uh, two cent electronic <laughs> book about um it's like those really niche werewolf erotica but it's um, a wolf that turns into dick chain <laughs> oh no oh no chaney wolf anna have Andrew. i told you have i told you not to again not to yuck anybody's yum um at all <laughs> but i posted this thing about how i my like sexuality sort of awakened when i read uh, the bailey school kids series werewolves don't go to summer camp Oh. And the illustration depictions of him are uh, – to, to anyone who might be now interested in like hairier, burly men, it really just – it. it I, I remember reading it being like something is happening. <laughs> um, and Oh, I, I'm looking it up. That. This person looks exactly like Chris. <laughs> Multiple people have noted this. Oh, my God. It also looks exactly like Jason, I have to say. I does get – there's sort of a Jason vibe. Oh, now um, I'm looking at the older one, and he's less hot. In that. Uh-huh. Okay, anyway. Yeah. it's uh, the, It really, the the cover illustration is one thing. The internal illustrations are wild. The way he's described is very, um, I've, I've, so I tweeted this thing, it, and and um, eventually it reached a point where the sort of furry Twitter-verse found it, and I think there is a large contingent in the furry world of people who, or maybe not even in the furry world, like there is like a like a s- sexual fetish around werewolves. Uh-huh. Um, and and boy, I just I got a whole bunch of followers from that community. <laughs> and R. sometimes R. I feel like they're like, why does this guy keep posting pictures and like videos of him in wigs? Like more <laughs> more sexy werewolves. You're the one thing. <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i took us on such a wild ride but no I, Kujitha, I, thank you so much for this story. yes a genuine r.i.p to andrew's mentions thank you to Pujitha. <laughs> um i'm also looking at the book werewolves don't go to summer camp and it was written by uh a woman named debbie daddy and that's just <laughs> both yeah. of us combined anyway <laughs> so anyway thank you to Pujitha for all of that uh, yes, for that story you, so spooky um, but I went looking for more witch's lair content I googled witch's lair which is apparently a level in Minecraft Ooh. Um, <laughs> so that wasn't helpful and then I googled witch house which is a genre of um, EDM no <laughs> um, yes um, it's uh, yeah emerged in the late 2000s and early 2010s which is uh <laughs> Arguably the best time for culture in general. But then that made me think of the original witch's house, which is the witch from Hansel and Gretel. <gasps> and um, yeah, uh, this is the story by the brothers Grimm. I was going to say right. the Grimm brothers, which just sounds like a, <laughs> They're different. a jazz duo who they both play stand up bass. Yeah, they tried to have a seafood restaurant for a while and it just really <laughs> didn't take off instantly closed and then they both had millions of dollars in debt and were unable to explain how <laughs> um but anyway i was gonna read the whole story but it's pretty long tbh okay. um so i'm just gonna read the part that's the description of the house excellent 
So Hansel and Gretel, um, their dad is like, ugh, these kids are expensive. This literally sucks. They eat so much. Um, and then the woman said that they're going to send the kids out into the woods and that uh, they're going to make them go in the woods. Yeah. And then, um, and then that would be that. And so they're doing, I don't know if trail breadcrumbs happens in this. And you know what? If you know and you care about it, then you already know. And yeah. if you don't care, then you don't care. Oh, yeah, they do breadcrumbs i wasn't sure if that was one of those things that doesn't actually happen in the source material Uh uh-huh anyway they're in the woods they fall asleep in the woods because they're children and children are bad (laughs) um they started okay so they fell asleep it was already the third morning since they had left father's house they started walking again but managed to go only deeper and deeper into the woods if help did not come soon they would perish Mm. at midday they saw a little snow white bird sitting on a branch It sang so beautifully that they stopped to listen. When it finished, it stretched its wings and flew in front of them. They followed it until they came to a little house. The bird sat on the roof, and when they came closer, they saw that the little house was built entirely from bread with a roof made of cake, and the windows were made of clear sugar. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'd like to take a pause. Weren't you, if you were going to describe the house from Hansel and Gretel, how, what would you say? I would say g- gingerbread covered in candy. Yeah. In my mind, it was a house made of candy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the classic thing. That's like a uh, family, family feud. Number one answer is candy. Yes. That's yeah, exactly. So this bread? is maybe not, not bread, high on the list. Bread, bread, bread. So this is like three generations after the depression. We they tell they told their children it was made of candy. <laughs> Back when the story was written, children were actually starving openly, and uh, I mean they still are now. But yeah, uh, make it not fun. Done. <laughs> um, but it just that they were fantasizing about bread, which I have to say, a house made of bread with a roof made of cake and windows of clear sugar is essentially what I've been eating during this shutdown. Yeah. Listen, if you have lived in LA or worked in show business, you have reached a point in your life where you also fantasize. So I don't want to hear any ats. Don't at us. Don't at us. Don't at Hansel and Gretel. At the aisle on all the way on one side of the supermarket. (laughs) Let's help ourselves to a good meal, said Hansel. I'll eat a piece of the roof. And Gretel, you eat from the window. That will be sweet. Okay, so we're supposed to know that they're stupid. Yeah, don't explain what your sister should eat. Yeah, you're not in charge. Also, I feel like Hansel, I feel like you're not older than Gretel. And I don't know if that's canonical at all, but I just feel like he's like the guy who's newer who's trying to be in charge. Yeah, don't order for your sibling. Don't. Um, it also, it just shows us that these kids suck. Mm -hmm. So I guess when they get eaten, do they get eaten? No, they're about to, they outsmart, they outsmart the witch. Yeah. I guess we're able to cope with the idea of them being imperiled because they're so fucking stupid to not eat the (laughs) damn bread. I know. Um, because their parents gave them just a little piece of bread. Um, they're supposed to want the bread anyway. Um, Hansel reached up and broke off a little of the roof to see how it tasted while Gretel stood next to to the window panes and was nibbling at them. Hmm. Then a gentle voice called out from inside. Nibble, nibble, little mouse. Who is nibbling at my house? No. The children answered, the wind, the wind, the heavenly child. (gasps) What? Are they saying they're Jesus? I think they're saying that the wind is heaven's kid oh okay it's not like uh, one of them wasn't like i'm the wind and the other one's like jesus (laughs) (laughs) 
nailed it. Yeah. Good. I think we I think we got her. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. The wind, Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. In that case, never mind. That's right. I'm crazy. Back to putting my bottles of wine on the veranda. Did I say wine? I meant blood. Oops, I mean wine. Oops, I mean candle. They continue to eat without being distracted. Hansel, who very much liked the taste of the roof, tore down another large piece, and Gretel poked out an entire round window pane. Wow. Suddenly... To, to very much like the taste of the roof feels like a 1920s euphemism for being a homosexual. <laughs> He very much he, likes the taste of the roof. He certainly spent plenty of time floating around the rafters. <laughs> it all makes sense, Andrew. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, please. No. Um, <laughs> and Gretel poked out an entire round window pane, <gasps> which is definitely a euphemism for being a lesbian. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not gay, but I was a high school stage manager, so I feel like I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'm the adjacent. rules. I'm in the ballpark. <laughs> Suddenly, the door opened, and a woman as old as the hills and leaning on a crutch, tag yourself, came creeping <laughs> out. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel were so frightened that they dropped what they were holding in their hands. But the woman shook her head and said, Oh, you dear children, who brought you here? Just come in and stay with me. No harm will come to you. To say no harm will come to you in any context, your your flag needs to go up. This person's trying to do your harm. It's trying to do you harm. It's trying to do your harm. <laughs> okay, do your harm. Then you can have dessert. Yeah, the kids in this story strike me as like um, a friend who's four years younger than you who just hasn't experienced enough of life to know when bad things are happening. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my boyfriend's a... You know, he's um he's a businessman. Oh yeah, well what what kind of business? Freelance. Oh, uh <laughs> like he works from home? Well, mostly it's like restaurants at night. <laughs> <laughs> um like oh boy, you just don't know. Anyway, don't know. um she took them by the hand and led her, them into her house. Then she served them a good meal, milk and pancakes with sugar, apples and nuts. Anyway, that's all I wanted to read. Um That's great. Just the Milk and pancakes with sugar, apples and nuts is literally what I ate yesterday. Wow. But that's the witch house. To know what the treats were back then is so interesting. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I guess um, uh, when I went, I should do this on another episode, but we stayed at the Lizzie Borden house. Yes. Part of a, a bachelorette party. But the sort of um, the traditional breakfast in the morning was these teeny tiny pancakes and i think that was also like the snack at night oh i also just think that food back then had fewer variants like um jason found a cookbook um called cooking with vadas that's his his grandmother's recipes oh wow um and she's from arizona i think she's from utah but they they lived in arizona um during the depression and i have to say a lot of the recipes look you know, tasty and good, and I would make them now. But a lot of the beginning ones are boiled potatoes, mashed yeah. potatoes, griddled potatoes, potatoes in a pan. <laughs> it's just like, man, people, when you have less to do, the best thing you can do is put starch and fat and sugar in a pan. 
That's true. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm always very compelled to buy like I mean we have those classic depression era meals that are that are, incorporate processed foods, but there's um there's I, there's like a YouTube channel called Depression Meals, uh, hosted by an old Italian woman I think whose name is Clara. And she's since passed, but there was one recipe, like summer things where I'm like, oh, I can see that being pretty good. And then one of the recipes she has is she's like, today we're going to be making wet bread. And when our <laughs> bread would get stale and too hard to eat, what you do is you put it in a bowl and then you boil some water and you pour the boiling water on and then put some sugar in on it and then you eat it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it just, oh. it viscerally put me there where I was like, oh, right. That was a treat, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you showed me one of those videos. I think we, we when we went down to use the pool in the hot tub, we left it on for Ladybird to have someone keep her company. That's right. <laughs> and we came back up and she was watching someone make meatballs. Yes, it's very sweet. Clara was so, had like such an earnest, great way about her. And some of the recipes do seem very tasty. They do. Oh, I like so the sweet. titles. There's one called like Poor Man's Meal. Like that's the name of the dish. <laughs> I know. Well, we made cowboy dinners at summer camp, which was taking tinfoil and putting in some potato wedges from breakfast with cheddar cheese. And I think cut up hot dogs. And then oh, we put yeah. that, we balled it up the way you'd ball up tinfoil before throwing it out and then sat it on the edge of a campfire. Ooh. And my my friend Ali Lombardi, her younger sister Carson, was a camper. I, I guess this is breaking HIPAA to say this, but um, maybe we can bleep her name. I don't know. But um, she was not my camper, but she was a. I was she was in my unit, uh-huh. and I was like, oh yeah, I'll keep an eye on her. And I was like, oh, it's so fun. We're gonna do cowboy dinners as a unit. And uh-huh. she threw up and went home. <gasps> oh, <laughs> it was too cowboy rich. dinners. It was too rich. That is the normal response to eating a cowboy dinner. I have to say, yeah, throwing it up that just means you are sensible. That's I, that's a big part of the test of going to camp. That's why they um, do it so early on. Yeah, um, but the, so the thing about witch houses, like a lot of spooky things, I feel excited by it but then also a little bit sad because there aren't a lot of witch houses near where i live you know like Mm. it's a spooky thing but i have to travel to go see it so it's a little bit sad or is it there is a witch house right here in los angeles called the spadina house or spadina house i don't know how to say it that's fine but if you know and you care, then you do, and that's fine. <laughs> um, and I just sent you the link so you can look at it. Great. Um, but it it uh, is a witch house that was built uh, in like 1919. Oh. Um, it was designed by Hollywood art director Harry Oliver, oh. who um, was a uh, worked on more than 30 films between 1919 and 1938. Oh, the, so the home was built in 1921 to serve oh. as the offices and dressing rooms for oh. a film studio in Culver City and was moved to Beverly Hills in 1926. Um, the converted private home with its pointy lopsided roof, tiny windows, and stucco. <gasps> Andrew, it's Scared. Stucco! That's why I was gasping before because I'm looking Scary. at all these pictures and it really is triggering that thing in me. It, it just looks like a witch house. Like it has really saggy roofs and stuff. Yeah. Um, distressed paint job were then surrounded by an intentionally overgrown English style garden and a moat like pond. Oh, um, so this was used for movies and, uh, 
and also just like cuteness. Um, yeah. And it appears in Clueless, which is exciting. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think when. But the home has been called a precursor to Walt Disney's concept of Imagineering, whereby stage sets become fully realized environments. So these sort of three-dimensional, um, like not just a, a flat oh, that's as a set. Like it yeah. becomes more of a home. Um, and it's currently owned by a real estate agent, which is just the um, the natural progression of anything in Los Angeles. Wow. But it's a spooky house, and it's on Walden Drive and Carmelita Avenue in Beverly Hills. So if you visit L.A., you can you can go there and sort of, you know, say hi or scream or <laughs> really whatever you want. Yeah, the owner will probably love it. Probably. It's so funny, Anna, like incorporating back to uh, Pujitha's story, the idea of like a witch, a witch's house being – Either like the house looks spooky and a woman lives there, so she has to be a witch, or a house that's kind of a normal looking house, but maybe a a rude woman lives there, and so that's what makes her a witch. And imagining the combination of the two, I imagine, is like super powerful witch lore gets incorporated. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, It's all of the worst things in the world, houses and women. (laughs) And women Uh, owning houses. Ugh. Spooky dookie, what's going on in that house? <laughs> Did you have any witch houses in your town? Well, we had, okay, so here, interestingly, we had a next door neighbor, right, who had that spooky house that looked like a classic yes. haunted house. And then we had a neighbor behind us who was super friendly, uh, who we liked a lot, but kids always used to uh, cut through her yard, through her garden, to walk to school. And she would be very mad understandably about that. Yeah. And she often was in the garden. So sometimes she would like have um, an outdoor broom or a rake. And so when kids pass, she'd be, she'd like come out with the rake or the broom and be upset. And so like people in our neighborhood were like, she's a witch. But I'd be like, no, she's super nice. One time I, I got, I don't know what exactly happened. I was in the backyard and I think I got scared in the backyard somehow. And so I ran over to her house and she took me in and gave me some grapefruit juice, which I'd never had, and which, <gasps> with a child's palate, it tasted like poison. But, <laughs> but it was a thing where it was, oh, and also she gave me like, the, like what I imagine when I think of like an abstraction of a cookie, where it's like they were cookies that were sweet but had no flavor other than that they were sweet. She had like baked oh, them, no. but she was super nice. I think so much of like how we think about witches is just. It comes from people who have trespassed onto someone's property, <laughs> and then yeah. they're like, "Get out of here!" And they're like, "You're a witch." It has to be, yeah. A woman with any kind of lip is just a witch. Yeah, a woman with boundaries. Um, yeah, but just to close out the um, the witch house in Beverly Hills, it's just it was um a storybook house. Um, mm. it's just an interesting quote. Um. This woman, Trudy Sandmeyer, who's a preservationist at the Los Angeles Conservancy, says storybook houses are an outgrowth of the blurred line of fantasy and reality that is particular to Los Angeles. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Yeah, like everything's sort of like kooky and made up. Um, but basically, they stopped building storybook style houses in the late 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then modernism sort of became cool. Um, but our friends, Danny Wood and Catherine LaVictoire, until very recently, lived in a Hobbit house. That's right. Did you ever I go saw... to their house? No, I never got to, but I've seen uh, pictures. It was It was astounding. really wild. It looks very much like a Hobbit house. Which, you know what? <laughs> Hobbits are a little bit witch adjacent. Yeah. They're always they cooking. Love Earth. Yeah, they love to cook. They sort of, you know, they have furry feet. Vague rules about age. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, guys, that's witch houses. Please let us know if you have a witch house in your town. Um, I didn't have a witch house in my town. We just had a devil house, which is completely different. Very different. We'll do another I'll episode save that for another that. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew, do you want to do spooky ideas for things that could happen? Yes. We can do something else. No, no, no. I like that. I like that. Let's do spooky ideas for things that could happen. Uh, should I go first? Yes. Okay. You are taking your daily vitamin supplement because you're just not sure if you're getting enough of every vitamin you're supposed to be eating. And you finish the last one in the bottle, and as you're drinking, you notice that the bottle does not say vitamin supplement. It just says supplement. And you worry for a second and you begin to realize that you don't remember purchasing this bottle. You don't really know where it came from. You just know that you've been taking a pill a day and washing it down and feeling like that was that. And something strikes you to go into the bathroom and you have a bit of a tickle in the back of your throat. So you open your mouth and you look in the reflection and your taste buds seem more prominent than normal. So you look closer and closer and you realize that they don't look like taste buds. So you grab a magnifying glass oh. and you go up to the mirror and you put the magnifying glass up to your tongue and instead of taste buds, you see thousands and thousands and thousands of perfect replications of your head looking back at you. That, that could, could happen. happen. Andrew, uh, spooky supplement. Yeah, that one I started not knowing where it was going and then we ended up there. We ended up there. Yeah. You're on a Zoom call with your family and there's 28 people in the Zoom call. Wow. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So only famously only 25 can fit on one page. So you go to the next page and two of them are dial-ins and then one is a very dark room with a hooded figure <gasps> standing all the way back. And as you listen to your Aunt Titi sort of tell a story about, you know, some eggs that they got from a local farm and everyone's really excited about that. The figure starts to sway slowly back and forth. And you pin the video so you can make it bigger. And you think to yourself, what is that? Who is that? And then you hear the figure turn up the brightness on their laptop. And you see that underneath the hood is five of your aunt's dachshunds and they're all dancing to this song. (laughs) 
That could that happen. happen. <laughs> Anna, I want you to know that the the lead up to that story was really getting to me. <laughs> zoom related horror is going to be very much the next thing. Zoom okay. related horror. You did you zoom related horror. Zoom horror with cousins. Anna, that zoom was really horror. great. Thank <clears throat> you so much. That could happen. Look it out could. for the Look out uh, for the dachshunds. I love imagining dogs dancing to different music from the 50s. They're good at it. They're good at it. It's what all dogs know how to dance. If you grab their bodies and make them, (laughs) and you know what? That's gonna be it for this week. Um, That's it, friends. Again, we're we're so glad to still be coming at you live for us and recorded for you. Yeah. Um. Everything's really awful, and for everyone who's dealing with this right now in various ways, we just love you, and we hope everything. Is as stable as it can be on your end. Um, we're both doing okay now. Yeah, we're doing fine. Um, but please, we love to think about spooky things that don't matter at all. It's just a nice little break. It's one of our favorite things. And yeah, let us know again if you have any, um, maybe even stories that have happened to you during your at-home time. Uh, yeah. We love a topical story. Um, and, and we hope you're staying put if you can. And if you've got to be out and about, we hope you're staying safe. And thanks again for all that you essential workers do. We so deeply appreciate it. But anyway, um, that's it for this week. That's it for this week. Anna, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Andrew. And a command to everyone not to do this. Get Get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.